Muscle Radio, Kansas City's talk show for throttle junkies, motorheads, and anyone who loves rocking the driver's seat. From barn fresh to concour ready, Road Muscle Radio parks the latest news, the greatest views, and the biggest names in rolling thunder right in your ears. Let's welcome your show hosts, a freelance automotive journalist, senior auction analyst for Sports Car Market Magazine and American Car Collector Magazine, writer and editor of ReadTheDriven.com, and owner of a sweet 1960 Corvette and a smoking 61 Impala, Brett Hatfield, and 30-plus year radio veteran, author, playwright, lousy karaoke singer, and lover of fat and freaky American classic cars, Mark Catfish Groves. Let's put the pedal to the metal. Road Muscle Radio is on the air. It's another edition of Road Muscle Radio with Brett Hatfield and Catfish Groves. And Brett, uh, you went... You, you le- had a learning lesson this weekend. Now let's talk about first the, uh, you went oh. to a great car show. Yeah. Yeah. We Let, did. Let's do the high note first. We, we talked about the KCI, uh, cruise car show so yeah. many times and plugged it. Uh, I had a buddy in town, grabbed him, jumped in the 61. We rolled up there. Oh, uh, Vlad the Impala, the Impala. Yeah. And got there about an hour after the start, the show started. Couldn't get in. Couldn't get in. They had cars parked around the curb and all the way up to the main drag. It was packed. Vlad the Impella couldn't, couldn't get, get in, in to a car show. Couldn't get in. Wow. In fact, I could have sat there until that thing boiled over and overheated on the spot. I still <laughs> wouldn't have been in. We went around the other end, drove up in the grass, got as close as we could, and that's where she stayed. It was packed with 50s, 60s, and 70s American muscle, oh. wall wall. Oh. oh, lots of stuff you would have loved there. There was a uh, 66, 67 Chevy wagon with a 396, 375 horse. Oh, my God. Hello. That'll get the groceries home. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, b- <laughs> boat with some, with some throat. Uh, just cool stuff everywhere. The Grand National Club came out in force. There was just a line of Grand Nationals. That's insane. What a what do we now? I had to ask you about that because I'm like, wait a minute, Grand National. What the heck is that? It, the the line of cars there looked like Darth Vader's rental fleet. It was great. <laughs> uh, just fantastic stuff all over. Uh, a little bit of weird stuff. The slickest '59 Ford Galaxy custom you've ever seen in your entire life. What they what did they do with it to make it a custom? Because those '59 Galaxies, they're kind of scrunchy and a little uh, oblongy. And okay, engine compartment rivaled my '61. Whoa, because that's a clean, sweet, yeah, chromey little. The, the paint on the hideaway. inside of the engine compartment, everything had been smoothed. Everything looked, uh, you know, the paint on the in the inside was as good as the paint on the outside. Everything was chromed and polished, and then full three tone blue custom interior le- oh, leather, just leather, leather. Oh, it hello. was cool. Uh, Somebody had decided, you know, I don't want a mortgage, but I want this '59 <laughs> Galaxy, and they really went after it. Just lots of great everything. Saw a handful of 69 Mustang Fastbacks, still got a soft spot in my heart for those, and just Corvettes and Impalas and Chevelles and El Caminos and Mopars and just lots of good stuff. Nice show. Now, you learned a lesson at that show. Uh, wait, let me let me get the mood music here. Let's... Brett, Brett, what did you do to Vlad the Impala? That made you so sad. Vlad the Impala is never going to forgive me. 
<laughs> well, do tell. Confess your sins. <laughs> what was it? Vlad the Impala was a little dusty throughout when we got done with that. Took her to a car wash. <gasps> oh. Not real sure what it was. I sprayed in the engine compartment. I thought it was just going to be a little bit of, you know, the, the spot-free rinse, just trying to get everything out of there, and managed to spray something all over every single polished inch of that engine that watermarked. It, the, the water stains will not come out of it, and I'm having to go back with this metal polish and polish the stains out of it. They won't wipe off. Now, what are you using to do that? Because uh, you're, you're not the first person to ever do this. No, it's a stuff called White Diamond, and uh, you can get it at Napa. It's a bottle of white-colored metal polish, and it's really runny. It's almost like water, right. and a little bit of it goes a long, long way. And like most metal polishes, you rub it on there until it starts to turn black, and then you take it off. And it's taking two or three applications of that. To get whatever that stuff to is. To get whatever this the- crap is off the engine and it probably didn't help that you know you get done with the car wash and you pull out and i gave everything a quick wipe off but then drove home so i could do the big stuff and it cooked it yep so i'm an idiot this is brought to you by as the wheels turn Coming up next on As We Will Turn, where Luke and Laura accidentally polish their car with 50 grit sandpaper. <laughs> okay, anyway. <laughs> let's, uh, let's just... Vlad's never going to forgive me. She's probably way upset. <laughs> While we've got a little bit of time, let's find out what's been happening in the news. Get your brain in gear for what's going on. Time for What's News on Road Muscle Radio. All right, news stuff. What you got cooking? Okay, uh, information keeps popping up everywhere about the 8th generation Corvette. Looks like we're finally going to get the mid-engine Corvette that Zora Duntoff dreamed of. It's been coming forever. You know, they took a stab at doing this and had a couple concepts in the 70s, and it never came to fruition. And then before the 4th generation Corvette came out in 84, that was talked about to be a mid-engine, and that didn't happen. And there have been several false starts with this. Now it looks like it's going to happen. There have been test mules spotted everywhere. They've been in Detroit. They've been in Colorado. They've been seen testing at the Nürburgring uh, in Germany. There's just – it's going to happen now. And it looks like probably not model year 19, but 2020, you can expect a mid-engine Corvette. And, you know, we can thank everyone who's listening because in this weird golden age of vehicles we got going on here, it's the fact that there's a market out there. Oh, yeah. That, there you know, absolutely is. When we're buying up 700, 800 horsepower cars well, and, and they sell pretty much as soon as they, they roll off the assembly line if they haven't even sold beforehand. And the rumors that are out are talking about maybe a 500 horsepower neighborhood base model and then one up to seven or 800 horsepower wow. if you step up the performance ladder. And they're talking about something that will be competitive with Ferrari 488s, uh, for, with Lamborghinis and undercut them dramatically in price. The price ranges they're talking look like about $100,000 to $150,000. Now, granted, that's a ton of jack. But go look at a new Ferrari 488. Yeah. That undercuts that car by almost half. You know, we used to worry about how many cup holders and how many speakers we had. Jeebus, look at what they're doing now. <laughs> well, the thing I found that I thought was pretty well, I found several, but there was one that I thought was really interesting, Lotus is looking for its first car. You know how I am? 
I think that's I, I felt a little kindred spirit here. Wait, Lotus is looking for its very oh, they're first trying to track down the very first Lotus. Yeah, their founder uh, Colin Chapman built it by hand. It's called a Mark One. It was mm-hmm. a competition car. He sold it in 1950, uh, and then uh, two years. Well, he yeah sold it in 1950. It was two years after it was built, and then poof, nobody knows where it went after. I that. know where it is. That guy who's got the first mini probably oh, yeah. has a stash <laughs> in his barn. Last week or a week before last, that guy's yeah, he's probably yeah, sitting he's, in a garage underneath a bunch of newspapers. He's got it sitting under a comforter somewhere, <laughs> and it's got it's got forty years of dust and dirt on it, and uh, he's just waiting for someone to show up at his door with a fat enough check. You know, it's part of uh, Lotus celebrating their seventh seventieth anniversary of Lotus. Wow. They're looking all over for it. Just look it up on the web, and uh, if I guess you, I. If you happen to know, man, or have seen one in somebody's garage, they want to know about it. I'm sure they do. I guess I didn't realize the Lotus was 70 this year. A Ferrari and Porsche have been 70 here in the last year. Coming up next, we're going to talk to Casey Maxson of the Historic Vehicle Association, special guest, to fill us in on all kinds of cool stuff, including a basement of wonders. Oh, I'm so jealous. That's up next on Road Muscle Radio. Welcome back to Road Muscle Radio. Uh, we've got a fantastic guest with us here tonight, Catfish. Uh, this guy is a guy as another McPherson alum. We keep running into these McPherson alums. Oh, they're everywhere. everywhere. And uh, his name's Casey Maxson. Casey works for the Historic Vehicle Association, and he's just a font of cool stories and information. And Casey, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Hey. Uh, one of the cool things you've gotten to do is while you were still at McPherson, you got to intern one summer for the Peterson Museum. Now, I'm hugely, yeah. hugely jealous because that gives <laughs> you a front row seat to all the cool stuff they've got. And the Peterson uh, just has fantastic stuff on display. Tell me a little bit about prepping cars for the displays and everything that you did for your internship. Yeah, absolutely. Oh man, it was it was quite an experience. I uh I actually spent almost all my time there that summer in the vault of the Peterson down in the basement. Um trying not to drool on all the amazing stuff. <laughs> There's a you, vault. You launched right into that. You launched right into that. You spent all, okay. Well, since you spent all your time down there, still haven't gotten an invite. Well, no, no. Let, let's 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 let him tease. Let not, him build it up because I'm watching you build a head of steam here, and it's kind of funny. I'm trying not to grit my teeth here. Tell us about the stuff that you did on the regular uh, pieces on a regular day to day. Oh, it, you know, it was polishing wheels. It was you know cleaning dust off of cars. We had. Like what you kind? Know, every day we'd go, we'd come up from the vault and do what was called fingerprint patrol. <laughs> and so we'd walk through the, the museum and find, you know, where someone had got a little anxious and hopped behind the ropes and, you know, put their greasy palms all over whatever car it was. And so we, you know, we'd clean them up and make sure that everything was looking nice and then head back down to the vault to uh, work on cars that might go on display. Um, or we're headed out to different car shows. Now, what kind of work were you doing down there uh, on these vehicles? Are, was it just polishing, or I mean, were you getting down into the nuts and bolts and the gears and the grease? It was primarily 
polishing, cleaning them up, detailing, <laughs> and, uh, show prep. <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing, and this is what Catfish doesn't know yet. Tell him what kind of displays there are in this museum. He's not talking I'm, about Chevy yeah. Malibu rental cars. What? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. A Yugo? I mean, you're talking just uh, amazing. There might have been a Yugo in there. <laughs> you, you know why? See? See? You know why Yugos have heated back windows, don't you? It's so you can keep your warm your hands warm in the winter when you're pushing them. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Oh man! So what so, kind? No, it, you yeah, know, there's me. all sorts of stuff. There, there was uh, one of my favorite cars that I got to do a lot of work on was this one-off. Uh, it was called a Bosley. Uh, it was built by a uh, Tom Bosley, by a guy. Uh, no, Bill Hebel, I think was his name. He just built one of them. Or uh, no, Bill. Bill had found the car. That's what it was. Um, but it was it was a, a one-off, all fiberglass car. Um, if I remember correctly, it was a Hemi car, Halibrand magnesium wheels. And we spent a lot of time uh, getting it ready. It went out to Pebble that year. There it is. I've got a picture of it up uh, on a computer here. That is an amazing. That looks like a, a what was it? Danger Mouse. Uh, on the cartoon, didn't yeah, he drive one of those? That is a stunning vehicle. It looks like a Jaguar made sweet love to a muscle car. Uh, it, looks, it looks a little Cis Italia, uh, yeah. maybe. Very, very cool stuff. Now, were you able to get under the hood on it and kind of take a peek around? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was over every square centimeter of that car See, cleaning this- it up. This this is why I wanted to have him on. He's been next to greatness. <laughs> now, what was what was unique besides the fact of that uh, of how cool this this vehicle looks? It's a Bosley GT Mark One uh, at the Peterson Auto, Automotive Museum. What was uh what were some of the things that you were like? Oh, I I I didn't expect that. I mean, you know, here's the sleek one-off American race car GT car that you know no one had ever heard of um but one thing that was kind of surprising is you think about fiberglass and you always think about how light the vehicles are but you know the early fiberglass was just so thick that it was even heavier than aluminum yeah oh wow you know? and that that's how this car was i mean it, it was uh, i think the if i remember correctly it was a one-piece front end and it was just a monster so but just just really cool n- now you've you've piqued our interest. Go ahead and lay it on me. Tell me all the cool stuff that was in the vault. I'm, I'm dying. I gotta oh, hear it. Oh man! You know there were there were Steve McQueen vehicle. You know his like a Steve McQueen Indian. Um, his Hudson. Uh, there was the well. One of the the funny ones is the uh, Pantera that he so famously shot the steering wheel of when he got mad. Who's, uh, who's that? El- Who shot it? Elvis. That, that was Elvis's Pantera. Elvis? <laughs> Elvis shot his Pantera when he got PO'd. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah. I'm very angry. <laughs> Bring me the Pantera. There's a little bit of Elvis in all of us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on Kung Fu. Oh, my gosh. And that was down there. Now, did you have to fix the bullet holes? <laughs> no, no. I think that's... That, that you just polished left, them. That's <laughs> So, Elvis's Pantera, Steve McQueen cars. Is it Magnum PI Ferrari was down there? Really? Oh my uh, God, Magnumpy! 
Yep. Hey, any any truth to the rumor that they had to remove the seat tracks and that and just bolt the seat all the way back for Tom Selleck to fit in it? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, di- I didn't. I didn't explore that car that that thoroughly. There was a there was a gold DeLorean down there. Um, gold plated or gold painted or gold? Uh, it was. I'm trying to remember how the what the gold DeLoreans were. I think they were plated. Uh, oh. they, they built two wow. slash three of them. They built two, but they built enough parts for three. It was an American Express promotion. Oh, okay. Um, this is before Dubai are, was Dubai. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Casey Maxon of the Historic uh, Vehicle Association, and Casey's telling us all the details about the, uh, the plunder down in the bottom of the Peterson Museum. Uh, so we've got a gold car. Well, it sounds like we've got a couple of gold-plated DeLoreans. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And that does sound like a Dubai export, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Oh, my. So, single favorite thing down there, Casey. What was the the coolest thing you got near? Number one with a Casey bullet. Oh, well, there was – when I first – like the day I got there, uh, Steve McQueen's um, Jack – KSS was there. Oh, and that was that was it. That was it. Unfortunately, it left not not long after I was there to go on display somewhere else. But oh man, goodness, that was a cool car. So when you get done at Mac, you wind up interning for the the Historic Vehicle Association. How did that come about? Yep. How'd you get there? So so it's it was actually kind of a dream of mine even before I went to McPherson. Um, I wanted to do something with cars and something with history and find a way to get paid to do that, to make a career out of it. <laughs> Hallelujah, uh, brother. I'm still looking for it. Crazy. Uh, so I get to McPherson, and there were, there were two things I went you know, pretty quickly to the career service director and said, look, this is what I'd like to do. I read all of your, your brochures about how students had interned at the Peterson. My dad's bucket list, number one thing is to visit the Peterson Museum. We've, he's a huge hot rod magazine collector. We have every single hot rod magazine at home growing up. I've read them all from, you know, starting in 48. And I was like, I have got to go intern at the Peterson if that's even a possibility. And I want to do something with history. So if you can get me into an internship somewhere, that would be amazing. So she said, absolutely. Let's see if we can get you at the Peterson. I said, great. And then she said, by the way, we're having a career fair pretty early on, and some representatives from Haggerty Insurance are coming up. I said, okay, I'll you know I'll meet with them. I don't know anything about insurance, but sure. And so I met with one of their um, their career people, and she told me about how Haggerty was was sponsoring this new organization called the Historic Vehicle Association, and their mission was to save America's automotive heritage, to do something to help preserve the history of automotive culture for generations and generations to come. And I said, sign me up. Sign me up. What do I have to do? And so she, she laid out, you know, well, start doing some internships. You're a freshman, so we can't hire you yet. Um, you got to graduate. That would be good. And uh, get some experience. So I went, I went to the Peterson um, I interned with some private collections doing vehicle management, and I studied as much history as I possibly could. And by my senior year, I had an internship um, and, and started working on my 
senior thesis on how to build out a national register to start saving, recording, and then archiving all of the history of some of the great legendary American cars in the Library of Congress so that 100, 200, 300, 400 years from now, our grandchildren's grandchildren will still have a, a repository for the great cars that have, have come about over the last 120 years. Yeah, the, working on the legacy and uh, and making sure that part survives because, I mean, look at how, how much everything is changing right now. No kidding. And it's just exactly. going to keep on changing. But uh, uh, having this history of these things that had, like, explosions going on underneath the hood that made them move forward. Best thing ever. Awesome. <laughs> We've got you controlled yourself. Yeah, you actually handle Casey Maxson of the Historic Vehicle Association. We're going to come back and talk some more about the uh, National Historic Vehicle Register, how to get in or not, as the case may be. And also uh, check out some details on the historic and famous lowrider Gypsy Rose uh, being inducted into the HVA. We'll talk more about that and talk with Casey Maxson when we get back with Road Muscle Radio. It's Road Muscle Radio, Kansas City's talk show for throttle junkies, motorheads, and anybody who loves rocking the driver's seat. You're with Brett Hatfield, who, by the way, is a freelance auto journalist. He is the senior auto auction analyst for Sports Car Market Magazine and American Car Collector Magazine, writer and editor of ReadTheDriven.com. Own some cool cars and yeah, too many to list now. We can't uh, even put yeah, them in. I know, right? <laughs> it's a, it gets ridiculous, but it feels good. Yeah, it does. And I am Catfish Groves. I will someday own my big, massive mid sixties land barge out shopping as we speak. You're getting closer. Every oh, dude, day. yeah, narrowing it down. So uh, feeling good about that, and also a thirty year radio, thirty uh, year plus radio veteran. And onward we go with our special guest, Casey Maxson of the Historic Vehicle Association, who tells us about the National Historic Vehicle Register and perhaps will fill us in on the Gypsy Rose. And Casey, you helped develop that vehicle registry. How is it you came up with the idea? I know it was part of your senior thesis, but where did the idea come from? So what we kind of worked on, and and actually this was really – the genesis of our, our current president, Mark Gessler. Um, you know, he, he looked at, he worked on establishing the organization back in 2009 uh, with a group called FIVA, which is an international federation for historic vehicles um, that was founded back in 66, actually. Um, and kind of looking at what could be done to make sure that we save, you know, America's automotive heritage, our our love of the automobile continues on into the future after autonomous vehicles take off, take over. Yeah, and Detroit uh, becomes a boutique city because okay. even Detroit, exactly. you know, with all the automakers uh, who have moved out of it, yeah, there's a whole legacy there. I'm so, I'm so glad about you guys yeah. doing this. So you're working on that. And, and so, he's, so, so he started looking at what had been done kind of in other areas um, and looked at, at buildings and the historic preservation community around buildings um, and and how that all took root with the uh, National uh, Register of Historic Places. Um, 
and said, look, you know, really there's, there's some, there's some waterfront here that we could really use to make sure that this is saved. Uh, and actually the 1966 National Historic Preservation Act included automobiles as part of the, the mandate um, to save our, our built history, our built heritage. Uh, but it had never been acted upon because the reason why the National Register of Historic Places really took off is because you had some of these private sector and, um, you know, these sort of foundations that really cared about architectural history that stepped up with the funding to make it happen. And you- so there's like 80,000 buildings recorded by the National Register of Historic Places, and they've been recorded because of a number of reasons, but mainly because there's passionate architects out there that wanted to save the history. It's voluntary, right? You know, there's some issues, you know, there's controversy because what happens is with the National Register of Historic Places, you can take tax credits to fix your house up. Oh, right, and right, right. If you do that, then the federal government says, well, wait a minute. Can I do that they to get oil changes? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can I write off a lube? <laughs> Please. <laughs> Exactly. Well, well, if you look so, at Italy, so, look at what Italy's done with a lot of their their historic vehicles. They're getting to where the government won't let them leave the country, to where you know yeah, no, you're considered part of the cultural heritage. Yeah, and as cultural heritage, uh, it's like nope, because even some of the things that go on with like you're talking about with the National Historic Places, uh, you get your house on there. That's great. You can get these write offs, but you ain't you changing a, much, yeah. Jack. Yeah, you're not you know, putting in a three-season room for a hot tub. No, yeah, exactly. You're pretty much done. If you can't fit it in and make it look old, nope. So uh, you've got all this established kind of based off of that. And how has the response been? How, is it, how have people responded to, to being part of the National Historic uh, Vehicle Register? They love it. I mean, because what's nice is there is now sort of this repository of information that's concise, consistent, uh, the vehicles are being documented. We've, we've photographed cars in our studio here in Pennsylvania that have never been photographed in the studio. And so we have this sort of record of some of these cars that just didn't exist before. And, and part of our work is to laser scan the cars so that there's, we, we also then have this cloud data. So, you know, our whole point is what we're doing is not to put some sort of stipulation on what you can or can't do they with a wire, car in the future. You get a wireframe of the car. You're going to 3D print these cars, aren't you? You're going to have all your own toys of these cars. Oh, come on. You know you're going to. And when you do, i got a couple things I want to sign up for. Dude, yeah, we got to totally talk. (laughs) We're talking with uh, Casey Maxson of the Historic Vehicle Association, and we're picking his brain about the cars that are on the the, uh, National Historic Vehicle Register. What does the HVA look for in a registry car? So we, we have four criteria, and they're the same criteria that have been used for buildings since 1966. It is looking at what makes this item, this vehicle, this artifact significant, and that's, is it associated with an important event? Um, you know, you can think of an event as like an automotive, like a race. Um, Virginity. The, the, dawn, uh-huh. the dawn of the automobile, um, you know, you the Dust Bowl, an event can be a singular thing or it can be a a trend uh, within the automotive industry or American history. Um, You know, we're looking for association with important people. Um, That's that's pretty easy to understand. Designer construction value. And then the last one is informational value. So, 
you got to think of things like really great unrestored cars. What will those, what will recording those cars tell us about the automotive world 50 years from now? Um, you know, we oh, want to save you. that story and record that information. You know, association with important people, someone's going to find your 55 Plymouth Savoy. You darn tootin' they are. And they're going to say, my God, it belonged to Catfish Groves. <laughs> this ugly, hulking, she-beast of a vehicle, there's a kid out there that's in an adult body now. I know who to call. <laughs> exactly. So I just got done watching a special about Gypsy Rose and uh, Jesse Valadez, and I'm kind yeah. of curious how – now. I understand that it's got historical significance, but how did that wind up with the HVA? So from the, from the beginning, I mean, our goal is to document as much about the automotive world as we can. So every facet of it, whether that's, you know, Model T's or Cobra race cars to low riders, to hot rods, to customs. And we really, we, did kind of a deep dive into the lowrider world and how it took off and, and what, what spawned that culture, um, that automotive segment. And we recognize that probably the best remaining example, the car that really helped set the whole movement in place and the, and the people behind it was uh, the Imperials Car Club. And it was Jesse Valadez and it was Gypsy Rose. And the fact that the car is so remarkably preserved after all these years um, especially in that culture, we found that a lot of the cars uh, don't exist anymore. The cars that were built back in the 70s have been repainted or they're just gone. Yeah. And that car was saved. I mean, it's just, it's incredible. Um, and so we were just just thrilled to document, to work with the family, to have their story told, and to bring it to Washington, D.C. You know, it's, that's the first time it's ever been on the East Coast. Um, and to tell that story. Through the amazing power of carrying and changing oil, you know, your car can make it. You have to see yeah. the paint job on this thing, uh, Mark. I'm looking at it right now. I just pulled it up, and that is that is <laughs> phenomenal. In this God, special, that's beautiful. The, the two guys who painted it, uh, one of them described everything that they did on the car. There's there's got to be about a half an inch of paint on that thing. And you know back then they had they they were doing that by hand all of yeah. it. Because I watched uh, uh you know, several videos about current kind of some cool trends in painting cars where they lay the the pre the lace fabric down yeah and then paint over that and then you've got these designs that you're like my god how did that happen oh you stenciled it brilliant brilliant but back then it was by hand no and they they discussed that. Uh, uh, they did all the roses on the roof of the car. And over the weekend, somebody had left a rag sitting in the middle of the roof that had some kind of a solvent in it. They came back, pulled the rag up, and it had eaten down to the bare metal. Oh. And so the guy said, we, Sabotage. we skimmed it with Bondo and went back. And on the roof, there's one super bright rose. And it's the one that he repainted <laughs> That's the from that gypsy rag. rose. The whole, the whole car. But... Really, really cool special. If you've got a chance, look that one up on YouTube. It's fun to watch. Oh, yeah. It's it's such a wonderful story. I mean, and Walt Prey, the guy that painted it, he I mean, he was legendary. He re, he painted all the uh, funny cars of the era. Um, I mean, he painted a lot of lowriders, but he was also famous in the drag racing world. Um, I, I think he did, like, uh, um, 
Oh, the snake, the mongoose. I think he painted those cars even. So when you're not busy uh, making keeping track of all this stuff for the uh, National Historic Vehicle Register, what are your hobbies? What do you do? What do you like to do? I play with cars, and I play with motorcycles, a lot of motorcycles. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Always with motorcycles. And, <laughs> and what what's your favorite two-wheeled conveyance? Oh, that's. Like How do you pick question. your favorite child? Yeah. Well, I know which one mine is. I'm just not telling them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we can also find out some of your other stuff that you love doing, like taking great pictures. Casey Maxson Photography. He does have a heck of an eye. CaseyMaxson.com. Uh, the, the pictures there, you've got that scrolling uh, uh First front page, and the pictures are just beautiful. Yeah. So, Casey Maxson, thank you so much for joining us, telling us about the Historic Vehicle Association, uh, National Historic Vehicle Register, and sharing with us uh, some of the treasures in the bottom of the Peterson Museum. I think he's got a little bit more to talk about. We'll have to have you back, Casey. Thank you so much for taking the time. Fantastic. Thanks for having me. Coming up next, Exit Lane Live to find out where to show your face and park your space on Road Muscle Radio. It's Road Muscle Radio, where you can find us on all kinds of things. Pippa, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, CastBox, iTunes, iTunes. Google Play. It, and then there are other places that do that uh, share podcasts and that, that disperse them that just go in and get podcasts from other places and then drag those in. You don't even have to tell them, hey, would you would you put my podcast out yeah, there? They probably got our podcast. Oh, uh, yeah, there. yeah. And it's a uh, you know what? It's great. Cool. The more, the merrier. Bring it on. Absolutely. So, and you can go to RoadMuscleRadio.com for all kinds of fun stuff. We've got pictures that we're putting up, uh, populating it with our friends of the podcast, etc. And it's it's a slow and steady podcast, uh, process because that's kind of homegrown. It is. And uh, we really love that you're listening to us. We're having a good time. Oh, we hope you are, you. too. And be sure to check us out on Facebook. We do a lot of updates on uh, Facebook and uh, on Twitter. Right now, we need to let people know where to go and what to do. Get it on the schedule for getting on the road. Check out these car events across Kansas City in Exit Lane Live. Well, as is so often the case, our first one out of the gate is something I'm going to be attending. And this one, I get paid to go do. Ooh, Daddy Lake. Yeah. October 12th through the 14th, the Lake Garnett Grand Prix Revival. Now, this is really cool. They do a race around Lake Garnett. But they also have an autocross, they have a car show, they've got a tour and a cruise. And after the cars race in the afternoon on Saturday, you can make a small charitable donation and you can do spectator rides in the cars with the drivers and some of the cars that are out there are not your average stuff. Now, how often do you get to do that? You know, you go to car shows, et cetera, like when we were down at the Old Moray and there's this amazing number of cars and all of those beautiful ones. But how often do you get to go, hey, can I ride in that? You don't. No, not never. 
not no, never. No, uh uh-uh, it doesn't happen. But at this you can uh and it's a small fee that goes to charity. How cool is that? It does. And it's it's a cool little town to spend some time in. They do have a cool Mexican restaurant down there on the square. I tried that one out last year. And it's free admission and parking for the spectators for full event, full event information. Visit www.lggpr.org. You know, I'm going to throw in a side note there, too. There's a guy, I, I do a, co- a couple of podcasts. This is one of them. Yes, I cheat on you with another podcast. And uh, we talk about spooky stuff. And there's the 1858 Garnett House Hotel that oh. is haunted. And there's a uh, paranormal investigation group that bought the place before it crumbled. They're they're putting it back together, building it back up, you know, making sure it's all firm and, and the foundations. And they've done all kinds of things. It, look it up. It, it's just, it's fun. Do you have to go to haunted housing to get the haunted materials to build the haunted house? Well, yeah, yeah. You know, do you know how hard it is to find haunted siding? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what that even means. All right. October 14th in uh, KCK, Turner Day's car truck and, uh, and bike show. Ooh, cool. It's on South 5th Street. Uh, it's registration, 20 bucks. Show is 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. And there will be raffles. There's kid activities and vendors. Now, the awards include the top 50 and best of. Now, I'll put all the contact information up on Road Muscle Radio, but... One of the things we're trying to do, we're trying to nail these uh, things down as fast as possible because our season for going to car shows is coming to a close. The yeah. doors, you know, because it gets cold and nobody wants, I'm not taking my classic car out on ice. No, no. no. I'm uh, stupid. I ain't that stupid. We're going to try to work in as much as we can in October. And I think we might get a little dab in November. We'll have some cars and coffee. And then even that will stop after I think November. I don't know that they do any in December. And we'll get a couple months where we're going to be dry. What's cool is we'll be able to take the uh, this time in the show and talk about some other things. Uh, car books, car movies. Now we're oh. going to talk about what we're hunting down for you to drive. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, when I, when I do uh, – I, I, honest to God, looking for cars is like my pornography. It's like, oh, look at that 66, Mark. Well, I'm pretty oh. sure your wife doesn't think you're cheating on her with the Craigslist. No, cars. and she looks at my history in my search engine and goes, of course. Yeah, she just shakes her head. <laughs> October 20th in Shawnee, Kansas, the ninth annual Special Olympics Car Show. We keep talking about this, but this is a good cause. Theater in the Park, 7710 Renner Road, 66218, from 10 to, 10 to 2. Free to spectators. Advanced registration is $20. Day of the event is $25. They've got a 50-50 raffle. And for more information or to register, www.jcprd.com forward slash cars in the park or probably easier, roadmuscleradio.com. There you go. Also October 20th, if uh, you're around Topeka, Kansas, they've got the first first annual VBP Vet Show. This is the first one. Drag Ooh. your vet. It's at the Dugout Bar and Grill, uh, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. with awards at 1.30 p.m. This is October 20th. Pre-reg is 30 bucks per vehicle, 40 bucks on-site. Portion of the 50-50 proceeds will go to breast cancer research. So another uh, in the American Cancer Society of Topeka. So another thing that helps to benefit a good cause, and you get to show off your vets. Boom. Very cool. If you haven't got enough October 20th yet, Shawnee, Kansas, <laughs> 5th Annual Voodoo Cruise. Voodoo! At Sharks, 10320 Shawnee Mission Parkway. Registration's $15, 11 to 1, awards at 4. Uh, vendors' prizes, live band, costumes, encouraged. So if you like to dress up, uh, you can certainly do so. Sponsored by Shrunken Heads Car Club. 
coming up October 27th in Oric, Missouri. Now, if you go up to like Excelsior Springs and head a little east, uh, you can find this place. It is uh, the Oric Country Cruisers Halloween Fun Run. Registration, 9 a.m. to 12 noon. It's only 15 bucks. This is kind of cool. This is one of the things that I really like about this, besides it's small town fun and, you know, cool to see a beautiful countryside and it'll be cool weather. And celebrating the best holiday of all. Ever. Halloween, baby. Awards include 40 club picks. Plus, they have a best of show and and the mayor's pick. (laughs) The mayor's in the car show. Dog on to the mayor's going to be able to pick uh, pick one of the cars, and it could be yours. You got to love the small town stuff. Games and fun for everyone. There's hot wheel races for the kids, contests for children and adult costumes, yada, yada, yada. And again, you know where it's going to be, roadmuscleradio.com. Starting back in September 15th, but running through Halloween, a gentleman named Jeff Sheets is looking for rides who want to participate in the Halloween haunt parades at oh, Worlds of Fun. Yeah. Uh, again, mid-September through Halloween, so we're in the thick of it. Uh, limited to 10 vehicles per evening, looking for hearses, hot rods, trucks, classic rat rods, and other rides that are a bit mischievous. Send an email to m109haunter at gmail.com. And there you go. That's a bunch of fun stuff that you can do. Uh, there's, it's still going on. There's still time to get out on the weekends. And one more thing. You got one more? One more thing. Uh, I am going to be covering the Leak Classic Car Auction in Dallas, November 15th through the 17th. And now that we've got the 63 Impala running right and the top's down and weather seems to be okay, I think I'm going to drive that thing down to Dallas because let's face it. Driving around Dallas in a convertible in November, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> oh, you did. <laughs> you know, you know what could go wrong? November mm. convertible Dallas. Yeah, you could take your wife. Then you might have to give her a piece of your mind. Oh God! <laughs> I, I thought I was going to hell. Well, I'm right. I'm passenger right beside you. Oh, but <laughs> we'll wave to everybody on yeah. the way. <laughs> Time I get you there, you're going to be working middle management. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, there you go. Road Muscle Radio. Uh, it was so fun having uh, the discussions that we had earlier on with our special Whoa. guest Casey. Uh, Casey Maxson, we're going to have to have him on again and, and really kind of dig into him about these cars that are heading up into this register. There's more inside that we got to pull out of him because there's too much cool stuff that he's gotten a chance to do. And remember, do not take your very cool chromey muscle car oh God. through the car wash. Uh, don't uh, don't uh, do it. I must have had, <laughs> I, I must have used like wheel degreaser or something on it, but boy, it doesn't do well with I'm polished engines. I'm surprised that the curse words you must have said didn't just melt it right off of there. <laughs> I'm waiting till we're, I'm waiting till we're off air. Roadmuscleradio.com. Go there to check out all our cool stuff. See us on Facebook. Join us on Twitter. Look up Roadmuscle. You're going to find us. Thank you for joining us again. I'm Catfish Groves along with Brett Hatfield, and we'll see you on the road. Bye bye.